The Bible reading today is in Ephesians chapter 5 and it's page 1176 of the Black Pew Bibles in front of you in the chair just underneath the person in front. They're sitting on them. Keeping them warm, I'm sure. (laughs) Beginning at verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitfulless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Glennis. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you we can be here this morning. And on this commitment day, as we think about worshipping together, I pray that you'd fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been a wonderful journey, I think, over the last five weeks as we've thought about being better together. And my reflections are these on the series. Um, Twofold. One of the first things that struck me very strongly is that as you go through this letter to the Ephesians, uh, there's such a strong narrative regarding the corporate nature of the Christian life. And I spoke at the very beginning about that we live in a culture of expressive individualism, which really defines so much of how our culture operates. And it really is rubbing right against the grain of how we understand the Christian faith, because yes, we're individuals, but we're part of a body 
And we cannot understand ourselves properly as Christians unless we understand that we are members of the body of Christ. And all through this letter, it keeps speaking to us together about who we are, who we are in Christ and the mission we've got. And I think one of the phrases that um, Scott had, which summed it up so well, the gospel brings us to a unity in Christ, but yet we need each other to grow to maturity in Christ. And you cannot mature without other people in your lives and with you in other people's lives. It's the nature of how the body works. So that was the first thing, just what we've learned from, uh, if I can say, the scriptures through Ephesians on being better together. But secondly and profoundly, hearing stories from church members testify about how we are truly better together. And if I can say, the reality of what Ephesians is talking about, lived out and experienced and writ large in people's lives. And I have to say, and I don't want to uh, embarrass you, Rosemary, but it was profound last week uh, to hear your story of recovering from domestic abuse and the issues that came from that. And how just by joining the church here and the love that people showed you and walked with you, to help you just regain who you are. You never lost your faith, but that real sense of just rediscovering yourself in Christ, it was a beautiful story. And that and so many of the other stories just flesh out the reality that we are better together. From the time we come to Christ, the way so many people are involved in the conversion of someone, right through to them growing in Christ and just surviving through the very tough times. We are the body of Christ. We do belong to each other. We are absolutely better together. And I want to finish the series by asking one simple question. How do we worship better together? And we've not looked at every verse in Ephesians. We've looked at some of the highlights and there's some stuff I would have loved to have preached on, but we haven't got there this time around. We're going to look in particular at just five verses from chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. If you've got your Bibles there, do open them up, page 1176. And I'm going to do it slightly differently. We're going to have um, three sermonettes, so to speak. The first one's slightly longer than the others. uh, Because I want us to stop and just to engage, if I can say, as a congregation in worship. Now, this chapter um, comes at the end of a long section that is calling us to be holy. And we saw that two weeks ago, that it's a very strong theme throughout the book of Ephesians, uh, the sense and the call to be different to the world. We are the holy people of God. And you get to the end, and he says this verse in verse 8. He says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And there's a sense of which he's wanting to give the positive encouragement to us. This is who we are. We are light in the Lord, so live like that. We are called to be different in the world while living in the world. We are holy. We are light. And we've seen it involves numerous things that we're not to be, uh, not to be sexually immoral, not to be impure, not to be greedy. Uh, There's a sense of putting on the new life. And I think the metaphor of light is such a powerful one that we are to shine the light and the love of Christ in a dark and needy world. And you get to this passage and there's a real sense of which it's saying this is how, in a sense, you'll be able to shine brightly and it's, if I can put it this way, by us being a worshipping community fueled by the love of Christ. So how do we worship better together? Well, there's three things. First, we need to be prayed to be filled by the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, Secondly, we need to sing to encourage each other. And thirdly, we need to sing to the Lord from the heart. I want to just look at those three things in three different sections. But firstly, praying to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Have a look at verse 15. It says these words, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And again, as in all through the letter, he's talking here to the whole church, to the whole congregation. He's not saying individually, be careful how you live. He's not saying individually, don't be foolish and don't get drunk on wine. He's saying it to us collectively, that as a community, what is to mark us out is a real sense of wanting to live for Christ in this world and to be filled by the Holy Spirit. There should be a culture which is, if I can say, fueled by God, not by the world, and not particularly by alcohol. Now, what he says here is, and it's an injunction, it's a command, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I think a better way of putting it is be filled by the Spirit. Now, in Ephesians, as I said, there's a great lot of teaching on holiness. It's just uh, referenced all through the letter. But there's also a lot taught and said about the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because if you read Ephesians, it's very similar to the letter to the Colossians. But what his difference is, in Colossians, he hardly refers to the Holy Spirit, but yet he he keeps on praying in the Ephesians letter that the Spirit of God will be at work in their life. And I'd like you just to look at some of the ways... He talks about the Holy Spirit here in Ephesians. If you turn back to chapter 1 on page 1173, and I'm going to pick up from verse 13. He says that when they believed, as in in Christ, they were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, when you come to Christ, the Spirit of God is given to you. And he's given to us so that we might have an assurance that we belong. Now what's fascinating is, having said you've been marked and given the Holy Spirit, in verse 17, just four verses later, chapter 1, he prays. And he prays these words, you can see it on the screen, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now you think, hang on, you just said that we have the Holy Spirit. Now you're saying that we need the Holy Spirit. What's going on? I keep asking that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ may give you the Spirit. Now, I take it they're not in contradiction to each other, but rather there's a dynamic that's at play in a church that's alive in Christ. We know the reality of the Holy Spirit and we know that we've been marked. We've received him in our life. We've got assurance. But oh, how we need more of him. And he prays that, he, that God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give you the spirit of wisdom so we may know him better. In other words, there's a depth of spiritual life as we keep receiving from God his spirit which keeps helping us know the living God better and it talks about knowing the riches of his glorious inheritance. Now I'll move you forward to chapter 3 because he prays again. And two of the most wonderful prayers, I think, of Paul's ministry that he wrote for the churches are in this letter. And in this prayer, he says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, that's God's riches, 
he may strengthen you with power, what? Through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. In other words, this is a communal experience to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let me put this all together. Paul is praying, and if he was here today, he'd be praying the same thing. That you wouldn't just know in your heads that there is a God who loves you, but that his spirit would so fill you that you would know that reality in your life and you'd be overflowing with his love. And you see, he wants us to know this love that goes beyond knowledge. He's talking about experience here. That we actually experience the reality of being accepted by God and loved by him. And that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, this is a prayer that absolutely you'd want to pray for yourself, but it's a prayer for us as a church. That at our heart is this experience of God and a fullness that is in Him, in Christ. And it comes by the Spirit. And that's why when He gets to the end of the letter, He says, Look, don't get caught up in alcohol, if I could say, the whole partying of the world, which just leads to a lifestyle which is not godly. He said, Be filled with the Spirit, be filled by the Spirit. In other words, have a fullness of spiritual life and an experience of his love. The church at its worst is racked by power plays and politics. And I've seen that. The church at its worst has covered up sin and not cared for the marginalised. And there's no doubt that's been brought to light over the last 10 years. The church at its worst has displayed a form of godliness, but has no spiritual power. It's all talk. And at its worst, it's been filled by the pride of humanity, not the spirit of a holy God. But we are to be light in the world. We are to walk in the way of love. We are to be the children of light that shine the light of Christ into this world. And that power comes by being filled as a church with the Holy Spirit. Friends, one of my prayers I pray every week here on Tuesday morning between 7 and 8 is that the Spirit of God will descend in power upon us that we might be a really filled and full church with a knowledge of God that overflows by His Spirit. Friends, let's not fill our lives with alcohol and partying. Let not pride take hold. But in humility, let us seek the living God and pray that we would be this worshipping community filled by his spirit. And we're going to stop now. I'm going to invite uh, the band to come and sing a song, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Us. And then Andrew Wilson's going to come and lead us in a prayer. And we're going to have a time just to be quiet as well, just that God would be at work in our lives, that we would be a spirit-filled church. Over to you, Dave. Let's stand.
first thing, we need to pray to be filled by the Spirit. The second thing is we need to sing to encourage each other. And I know when we're in church, I think there's a natural inclination to think we're singing to God. I'm going to talk about that in the third point. But one of the important things, and you see this both here in Ephesians and you see it in the Psalms and other places, is we actually sing to encourage each other. And if you have a look at verse 19, it says, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. And there's this sense of your culture or experience of the Spirit of God prompting us, encouraging us, filling us so that we just speak to each other. We sing to each other to just build each other up. And that's why church is so important. Uh, it's one thing to have a quiet time. You can put your music on, you can sing along. And, you know, I like to sing in the shower. And that's, I think I sound pretty good. Um, but anyway... Um, but it's a completely different experience to be together. And there's something profoundly powerful about us actually singing to each other because it's actually expressing our faith. It's expressing our joy. And I want to give you two contrasting experiences of that. When I was young, and I mentioned this once before, but it's such a powerful experience in a negative sense, um, I was travelling in Europe in the 80s and I was very sick for a week uh, in Austria in Salzburg and it was the week preceding Easter. And on Easter Sunday, as I got better, I climbed out of bed from the uh, youth hostel I was staying at and found a church, it was just the one that was closest to where I was staying, and I just wanted to go and be with Christians and rejoice because it was Easter Sunday. And I always think this is the happiest day of the year, Easter Sunday, when you celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Saviour and his victory over death and the gift of eternal life. And honestly, we walked in and they walked in in this kind of shuffle. The service was a mumbling. They hardly sang. No one talked to each other. And then they left. And I remember thinking, what on earth is going on? And I wanted to stand up in the middle of the service and go, do you not know that Jesus rose again on this day? And it was profound. And you see, we profoundly affect each other by the way we interact with each other. And when we are filled with the Spirit and we are singing and speaking to each other from the Spirit, psalms, hymns and songs, it's incredibly edifying. It's one of the reasons why when you're in a large crowd who know Jesus and they're worshipping together, it's so powerful. And I've been at conferences where you've had a few thousand people all singing and it's just this sense of a taste of heaven. And it's wonderful and it just lifts you up. And you see, it's why our corporate worship together, I think, is so important. Because we stop every week to remind ourselves about actually what is real and what is central and where we're heading. And it's all tied up in Jesus and the gospel that he is at the center of our life together. He has saved us. He has risen. He is returning for us. And heaven is our home. And week by week as we worship together, it just reorientates our life. It's why it's so important to just join wherever you are in a worshiping community week by week. Because it has this power that plays on you. 
and affects you. And it encourages you. And it reminds you about who you are in Christ. And there's something about singing that it just profoundly and amazingly reflects our love of God and our experience of Him as with joy we sing. And there's an incredible spiritual power to, if I can say, a corporate worshipping community. And there's no doubt, and I've heard this said many a time, that when people come in here and they hear us singing, who don't know the Lord, they just sense there is something completely different to what they're experiencing when they're outside on the Corso. And we would say it's because God is here dwelling in our midst, in our praises, as he fills us by his Spirit. And I want to encourage you, in terms of singing, to just belt it out. Don't worry if your tone is flat. There'll be a lot of other people like that as well. And David's been trying to work particularly hard at having the music at a level where we can both enjoy, be lifted up, but also sing and encourage each other. And I just picked a song which is one of my favorite songs for singing it's it's a beautiful song and what I want us to do is actually do it slightly differently we're going to stand and we're going to sing it to each other and so we're going to actually have to face each other now I know that's kind of a bit threatening from a personal point of view actually looking in someone's eyes and you're getting a bit creepy here Bruce (laughs) well we're better together let me just say that and it's the song 10,000 Reasons And it's a beautiful song to sing. So can I just invite you to stand and the band are going to lead us. But I want you to look at people as you sing it and just encourage them because we've got 10,000 reasons for how blessed we are. And we just need to encourage each other in that. Oh 
sing to encourage each other is how we're filled by the Spirit. And just on that, it's fascinating. Uh, I think when we think of being filled by the Spirit, we just think of God by His Spirit filling us. But one of the means of Him filling us is actually us together. Uh, did you get that? He actually works through us. It's why you can't experience this in your bedroom at home with your CD player, as good as that is. There's something incredibly powerful being together Praising God. Third thing is, we sing with joy to the Lord. And Paul says, speak to each other, psalms, songs, spiritual songs. Then he says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he also adds, and submitting to each other. Now, I'm not going to deal with that today for time considerations, but it is an interesting reflection that part of being filled by the Spirit is the way we submit to each other in relationships. Because a Spirit-filled church is marked by humility. But let's think about singing with joy to the Lord. I want just to get us to think particularly about music and singing. Because what we see here is Part of the way God fills us with His Spirit is as we sing. As we partake in remembering and affirming and declaring who He is, He actually works on our hearts. And I want us to stop and just think in particular about what we learned from the Psalms last year in our commitment series, Deeper Places. And I thought it's worth going over what I said with one of my messages. And I go back to the Psalms because they are the songbook of the Bible. And the fact that we have a, a whole songbook tells you about the importance of music and singing uh, in the experience of knowing God. The most commonly expressed attribute about God that's celebrated in song is the love of God, which I think is profound. 
And if I could contrast that with a statement by a man who was once a Muslim who has become a Christian, and when he was asked about how do Muslims perceive of God's love, he said they don't have a description that God is love. This is a profoundly Christian doctrine, that God is love. And as Scott said last week, it defines God in a way holiness and other things don't. He is love. And it's the most celebrated attribute of God in the Psalms. In other words, when you know God's love, you want to sing about it. In Psalm 136 alone, there are 26 mentions of it with the line, His love endures forever. And it's just repeated over and over again. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. And the foundation of joy in the songbook of the Scriptures, the Psalter, is the experience of knowing that love of God in your life. And that's exactly what Paul prays for the church in Ephesus. It's why I took us back to those prayers. He's praying that they will know the love of Christ and be overflowing with it. And for far too many Christians, the love of God is just an abstract fact, not a known and not a felt reality. And friends, we are loved deeply. We are children of the Heavenly Father through our wonderful Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the Psalms, how we feel towards God is important. And the songs there are there to help us so that we know that God wants us to know and feel the love of God in our lives. He wants us to know that, that we are loved. And you see, knowing God should fill us with a knowledge of His love leading us to be both content in Him, but also filled with praise. Because you see, praise is not primarily a verbal act. It is expressed verbally, but it's primarily a state of being where you are joyful in the Lord. Just like we are content in the Lord for what He gives us or what we don't have, we find contentment in Him. To be joyful is a state of being where we are joyful that we know him, that we're loved by him, that we're saved by him. And you see, it's out of the heart that knows this love, that experiences this love, that we express our joy in song. And verbal praise is just an extension of our experience of God. And I want to say it's a necessary extension of our trust and enjoyment in him. You see, if you're a Christian, you should know that you're loved, you should experience that, And you should just want to sing. (laughs) It's amazing what people will eulogize about. It's what gives them joy. And you'll hear that. You just have to listen to people for a while and you'll find out what really gives them joy. For us as Christians, what should give us joy is the Lord. To be called to rejoice is not a statement of religious obligation but rather it's an invitation to maximise our joy in God together. And joy is best expressed in community. And it's why singing together and praising God is so powerful and so impactful. 
And so let me read this passage again to us and exhort us with these words. And what we're going to do is I'm just going to have the microphones go around. And if you'd just like to pray a prayer of thanks out of the joy in your heart, we're going to give you a moment to pray. If I can just ask you to pray briefly so that others can also pray, that'd be really helpful. And then we're going to sing again, Oh Happy Day. But let me just exhort you with these words we've had read to us from the scriptures this morning. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. And I just want to say to you, if you're here and you're a Christian and you're asleep, wake up. Okay? Wake up. Rise from the dead. Do you know you're risen in Christ? And Christ will shine on you. Let his love fill your heart. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise in this world with so many distractions, but as someone who is wise and make the most of every opportunity that comes your way to shine that light and that love of Christ in the world. Don't be a fool, but understand what God's will is for your life. Don't get drunk on wine. It just leads to wrong living and to ways that are against the ways of God. Rather, be filled by the Spirit. Experience the fullness of His love in your life. And when you turn up and see people, speak to them with psalms and hymns and songs inspired by the Spirit of God, the way He's working in your life. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Give thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's bow our heads and if you'd like to just express a prayer of thanksgiving and praise, just put your hand up and Scott... And uh, I'll help out Scott, that's all right. Uh, We'll just take the microphone around.